to the Carmen Collected Podcast, Season 2, Communication and Dialogue, Episode 10, Love Languages. Now I know what you've been thinking, what does this fucker did again that he disappeared for a month? And how come this is a different episode than he promised? He said that episode 10 will be about awkward tension. Uh, Sorry, about romantic tension. Not love languages. What is happening? Well, my dear listeners, or people who are listening to this for the first time, I welcome you back to this mess of a podcast. And I want to thank you for long-time listeners. I want to thank them for the patience of keeping up with whatever the hell this is. What happened is this, and I'm actually going to tell you, because the first time in my life I actually have an excuse that I'm not only proud of, that I want to tell you guys, because I think it's a very good learning lesson. And then... We will get into today's episode, Love Languages. So if you don't want to listen to me talk about a bit personal life and what's been happening around me, then skip ahead, I don't know, three to four minutes. So let's start. As people who listened to the first season of this podcast may know, I grew up in an orphanage in Transylvania. And I didn't really spoke how I spoken how exactly did that happen, but I'm gonna give a bit more detail. My mom was not the most stable of persons. She would lock me and my sister in the house and disappear for months. That's why the state took us and put us in the orphanage. My father, well, I didn't really know him, and my mother was the kind of person that every time. I asked about my father, she would tell me it's a different person. And on my birth certificate, where my father's name is supposed to be, there was a line. Now, where am I getting with this? Roughly three weeks ago, almost a month ago, my father found me on Facebook. And I'm sure he's my father. I video chatted with him. He knows stuff about uh, my family home and the behavior of my mother and my grandparents that nobody else knows. He looks like me, he talks like me, he has the same mannerism. And not only that, he's some kind of rich uh, Arab that's an investor for an American company that goes around all Middle Eastern and invests in different companies. Now... Imagine, put yourself a bit in my shoes. You're an orphan, yeah, with a shitty mother. And suddenly, every orphan's best dream comes around. A rich dad who can help them with money, who can help them with love, with understanding. And finally, you don't need to be the most mature person in the room. Because that's what I needed to learn. I needed to learn quickly mindfulness, meditation, uh, presence. I need to learn how to be an adult, how to get my own shit. Because all, all you see today, I did it on my own. I have this podcast. Uh, I'm almost finished with my first book. And I have a full-time job on top of it. 
everything is paid by me from my own money nobody gave me anything heck i needed to borrow to get away from transylvania here to the uk borrowed from good friends i paid them back because i don't like having debts to people but it was all me i never got help and the idea of having a rich father was too much i didn't know how to deal with it i felt like my whole identity just went away now here's when the trouble starts he's been stuck in burkina faso which is a country in africa for around four months because of the whole corona thing yeah and he asked me for 200 pounds for medicine now i know what you might thinking why would he ask you 200 pounds if he's rich yeah he shouldn't he send you money isn't that what fathers are supposed to do especially if you're an orphan and you have nothing well honestly i don't care what he need the money for for my part he could have used it for cocaine and hookers i don't care the fact is i paid it i gave it to him and i gave it for two reasons one in order to build trust someone must need to give trust first might as well be me and two i did a post-mortem or a pre-mortem but post-mortem sounds better to our relationship now you might ask what is a post-mortem a post-mortem is a business term let's say you and me we open a bakery and we have the money to actually open the bakery and we open it successfully but in a year it fails now why did it fail maybe we didn't hire enough staff maybe our staff was not trained enough maybe the quality of cakes were not good maybe we should have sold bread instead of cakes maybe the location was not best maybe the layout was maybe we didn't take care of paperwork you get what i'm saying so we go through all of these reasons that we fear that we prepare for it so it doesn't and i did the same thing to the relationship with my father what if i meet him I put a lot of emotional investment and emotional weight into the relationship and I find out after a year that he's a total shitful. He's a manipulative asshole who cannot keep his promises. I would rather find that out now so I can spare myself emotional weight because a year ago I would have said, ah, no, let's just do this. Let, let's just do whatever he says because I will figure out a way but I know now that I'm not special I can be emotionally manipulated as well especially from people who call me family and uh, want to help me and stuff so I would rather find out now he was supposed to pay me last Monday last week and I thought he didn't and i told him look i understand there's a pandemic going on your mind is probably much for being stuck for four months in the same space so i'm gonna wait till monday which is yesterday and of course he didn't pay and now even if he pays in the future yeah 
he said he will triple the amount. He will send me a thousand dollars. And I, I don't care. I told him, I don't care. I want to trust you. That's all I ever wanted. I don't care about the money. I just want you to send me back what I, you owe me. So I know that you are trustworthy. That I can count on you. That you are a man who will keep their promises. But he didn't. So now I'm doing what I did all my life. I'm moving forward alone and figuring out shit and how the world works. It would have been nice to finally not be the most... How, how, how can I say this? I don't want to sound egoistic, but not to be the most mature person in the room. It would be nice to have someone biologically, a father, that's supposed to actually take care of you. But life has other plans. So, back to the drawing board. No need to trust a person who's not willing to be as serious as you in a relationship. And I tried, God, I tried. He sent me his business plan for a hotel. And my inner writer was screaming at me when I saw it. There was a lot of grammar mistakes, syntax error. And I fixed him. It took me four hours. I wanted to prove to him that I'm actually useful. And if he takes me seriously, I can help him. But he doesn't. So, life. Whew. Now I'm watching this take way more than five minutes this took like 10 minutes but hopefully it was an entertaining story for all of you and we learned a valuable lesson about putting too much hope in one person about trusting people who didn't prove themselves and about preventing and don't forget post-mortem is a good exercise if you are not sure about doing something, say yourself you do it and in a year it fails and try to find out why. And then you will have a better idea if this is something that you actually want to do or not. Now guys, let's go back to today's topic. It's probably not the smoothest of transitions, but let's just roll with it. So today's topic is love languages. It's probably a better fitting topic than originally I wanted to, which is romantic tension. Now, what are the five love languages? So, <coughs> words of affirmation, second, quality time, third, gifts, fourth, acts of service, and fifth, touch. Now, what is a love language? Let's start there. Love language is the way a person expresses their appreciation, their love again to the world, to the people close to them and to the world in general. And uh, a lot of times the reason we have misunderstandings, tensions and we are dissatisfied in a relationship is because we don't understand other people's love languages, or even our own. And I hope by doing this we can shed some, uh, uh, some light on your own and other people's love languages. I will tell you how to recognize them. 
and because of this we will build a stronger relationship or we will know like in my case where to severe a useless one now the easiest way to recognize love languages is how other people talk so usually let's say when it, you meet a touchy person you all know this guy or girl who's constantly all over you and touches you platonically now you can easily tell that this person's main love languages is touch touch is probably the easiest love languages to maintain the only thing you need to do to affirm a touchy person that you actually like them is to touch back even if you're awkward with touching people even if you think uh, it's an invasion of personal space or whatever you should still do it because if you touch a touchy person that person will know that oh oh this person likes me because he talks to me in the same love language as i have right so the easiest way to recognize is pay attention to what people give out another very common love language is words of affirmation these are the people who will tell you how they feel about you if they find you cool if they find you nice if they find you annoying and if you do the same to them if you tell them their opinion them even if you find it awkward they will feel loved they will feel understood because you're speaking the same language of love as them quality time the third one is another very interesting one people think they know how quality time works but it's trickier than it looks so what do we mean by quality time it means spending time with me doing something other than watching a movie or doing an activity that's automatic and spending it consciously and actively so if my love language is quality time when we are talking when we are meeting up i'm gonna pay full attention to you i'm gonna look you in the eye i'm gonna listen to you i'm gonna try to understand you and i'm gonna be fully in the moment with you and when you're not doing the same without me when you're on your phone when you're distracted or if you're doing something mechanical and you're not paying attention i get pissed lovely quality time is a hard one and not because it's hard to recognize it's because it's hard to actually do it requires effort it requires attention and it requires serious commitment so if a person when talks to you really talks to you really tries to understand you actually cares about your presence that means their main love language is quality time and if you want to show your appreciation of them do the same thing force yourself for the next 10 to 20 minutes to actually pay attention to not get distracted by tiktok by youtube by other things and just look them in the eye and listen and they we reward you people who have quality time if you are willing to speak on their language they will reward you immensely because there's very few people who are actually willing to put in the effort to what means to quality time so it's one of the languages with the highest reward rate 
Now, the fourth one is gifts. You would think this is self-explanatory, a gift to someone and you're done, but it's not. It's not, because one of the dangers of giving gifts, I, I know I was guilty of this myself, I like to give out books because of course, but at first I would give out books to people that I would want to read, and that is very dangerous because I'm not buying a gift for them. I'm buying a gift for myself and giving it to them, which is a very unproductive way to speak the love language to gifts. And a lot of people do that, especially rich men in a relationship. They give a lot of gifts to the woman or even the child and they think that's enough to get them going and they fill the weekly quota of love language. But gifts need to be personalized and need to mean something. And it, you need to show that when you choose that gift, you actually thought about that person, you actually bought them something that they like, that's with their taste, or help them. If you, if you buy some kind of decorative stuff to a minimalist person, they will not appreciate that. They'll be like, ah, oh, there's another thing I got to get rid of without telling the other person. Right? So figure out what the kind of person. Usually it's easy to spot someone with the love language of gifts because they always try to give you something personalized. Right? So give them back. Find something that's interesting. So something that's funny. Something that suits their personality. Something that they can find useful. And give it to them. Alright. Now last one. Which sounds simple enough. But it's a bit more complicated than that. It's acts of service. Now acts of service. What does that mean? Well... For example, I make you a sandwich, I clean after you, I help you with your homework, I make your CV, right? I just do you a favor, basically. It's an act of service. I do you a favor without waiting for a reward. That's the difference between an act of service and an actual favor. Usually when you do a favor to someone, you expect something in return when you do an act of service you usually don't now this is where the problem starts a lot of times we do favors to people without telling them they are favors and if the other person's love language is acts of service they will interpret it as an act of service not a favor and they will not pay you back and you will feel cheated you will feel like they didn't put enough energy and love into the relationship. And the way to do it is simple, is be clear if you're gonna do a favor or not. For example, when my father asked me for 200 pounds, I instantly realized that his main love language is act of service. He's asking for me to do something for him, right? He's probably, uh, helps a lot of people and gives away a lot of money and probably a lot of people do shit for him 
So that's his main love language. But I didn't want this act to be an act of service. And I told him, look, I will give you. I told him point blank. He didn't want to talk about it, but I forced the issue. I'm not doing you an act of service. And I'm not doing you a favor. I'm finding out if I can trust you or not. This is an act of trust, right? That, that's the thing about an act of service. In order to do an act of service, in order to do a favor, you need to have trust. And it's a very good way to build trust. Even if the other person's main love language is not an act of service, it's still a very efficient way to build a quick trust with someone by doing something nice for them. A timely gift, let's say. Or a sandwich or something. A favor, even. The problem is, with that, is you need to be clear about what you're doing. Are you doing a favor? Are you doing an act of service? Or are you doing a trust exercise? And if you do, you need to set clear boundaries about what could and can happen. Alright, now the last part was a bit botched, but you do get what I'm trying to say. Now let's quickly recap this episode without the first part about love languages. Now, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, act of service, touch. The way to find out what someone's love language is, is to pay attention to them and mirror how they talk to you, how they act to you, and how they express their love towards you. And if you do that, you instantly build rapport with someone, you instantly build a connection, and they instantly be ah, this man understands how I express myself. So I do hope we learned a few things today about trust, about the different love languages, about how to differentiate between them, about how to reciprocate them, and how to be clear about the last love language, act of service, and how not to confuse them with favors or even test of trust. Thank you again for being patient with me, for understanding that all of us sometimes have shit happening to them, and the best we can do is deal with them, move forward, and try to build a better future. And I hope I will see you next time on the next episode where we're gonna talk about actual romantic tension. Ooh. Bye bye and have a pleasant day.